Welcome, reanimated fans, to this week's episode. I'm H.A. Conrad, coming to you from a very soggy Brooklyn after some flash flooding, but everything's well here, or at least the floodwaters are receding. Uh, here joining me on the West Coast, where they could use a little bit more rain, and I guess got a little bit, um, is Stuart Tiffin. Hello, Stuart. Hey, hi. How are you? Good, good. I wish we could transfer some of this to you. This would have been helpful, maybe. That transcoastal um, pipeline is something we need to get working on for sure. I know, I know. Anyway, um, so we are talking today about episode three of Daryl Dixon, uh, Par- uh, Paris, Sarah Toujours Paris. Um, but before that, we have like a very minute amount or a minute amount of news items because it's there's a dearth right now. But um, maybe things will be coming back now that the, it seems like the writer's strike at least is is resolved. Pause SAG- for celebration. Right. SAG, though. Not so much yet, so we'll see what happens. Um, but uh, did you want to chat about this? I mean, this is something we've been talking about, and I admit I thought that um, that All of Us Are Dead was well under production for their second season, but apparently not. This is disappointing news to me, but I'm hoping they're they're very quick in their production maybe, but it's a pretty massive undertaking, so I'm guessing we probably won't see this until maybe late 2024 or if not 2025. I don't know. This article was is dated yesterday and the uh, the the lead is director behind All of Us Are Dead has begun teasing the series upcoming second season. Um apparently uh the director spoke to what fans can look forward to in the second season. He's talking about what, you know, features about the show, what kind of zombies, etc. It's going to be set in Seoul, which is interesting. Uh, and then in the second half of his quote is, we are currently preparing for production. So please look forward to the show. This is horrifying to me as someone yeah. who was convinced this was coming out this year or, or early next year. This is like years away, especially if they do another 12 episode, one hour each uh, you know, season. Good grief! I, I I was I was like definitely convinced that they were you know, right around the corner, but this is nowhere near. So that's kind of a bummer. Yep. So we uh we shall, but you know what? Maybe they're and they. I will say with a lot of the Korean productions, they seem to be a lot more swift in post production. So it may be that we see this sooner than. Um, we're thinking which maybe there was a ton of f- effects uh, and cg in that in that series mm. maybe not as much as i'm thinking but yowza either way I- i'm excited that it's still coming but i just kind of thought it was closer so that's a bit of a bummer um you know what though the on the on the writer strike ending this means that um oh man my brain is just a sieve but the writers of the last of us can now start breaking their episodes again. All they had done is sent like a treatment for the first episode. Um, I remember we we talked about that article where he was talking about how he had like written, he'd been writing up until like 10 PM the night before the strike started. And that was the last he had worked on season two. So now hmm. they can break season two further, uh, even, you know, without the SAG um, folks there to participate, they're not going to need actors for a while. Cause they have to write, I think at least like the first three or four episodes before they can start to produce it or start to shoot. Yeah. So that's that's good. Like the, the, the that means progress for for the last of us season two, even though it will be delayed. I think hmm. everybody's on the same page that that's coming. Um and then this isn't news, and I didn't read these reviews, but I did read the headlines. Gangnam Zombie 
and We Are Zombies have both been reviewed by Bloody Disgusting. Gangnam Zombie uh, headline was a little lukewarm. We Are Zombies appears to be uh, getting favorable reviews from what I've seen of headlines. And we had talked about, I think, both of these before, but Gangnam Zombie maybe not in like a year. But we'll have to check them out eventually. Do you remember either of those? I do. um, (laughs) But, you know. We'll have to we'll have to check this out a little bit later, I guess. But we still have a lot to go with mm. Daryl Dixon, or I'm still excited to be talking about this with you. So, yeah. um, I say we talk about our our thoughts on episode three, in which I am justified in some predictions I made. <laughs> you know, H. A. Conrad and Daryl Dixon have a lot in common in this episode, in that they say "I told you so" a lot. I'm just gonna yep. go ahead and throw that out there. There we are. There we are. But uh, I, I will say, after the heights of uh, episode two and all that amazing stuff that we were gushing about with the uh, Parisian metro, etc., those flashbacks, so great. This episode was not nearly as good, and that's a bummer. No. No, and I I will say I was excited that they got to Paris so quickly because I thought that they were going to draw this out and I was worried. Yeah, considering they stopped in another city on the way to Paris in this episode. So I I will say that I am happy that they're moving. At least it seems like they're moving the plot along a little bit more quickly. Um, And I don't know. Like I said last time, I was kind of hoping for more of a road trip, a little Mm -hmm. more of the road trip. Uh, I don't know how Paris is going to is going to shake out because once you get into these dense cities, you generally have fewer outdoor sets. It's more of this, you know, dead city stuff where you're now it's like on a dark set and you can't tell actually, there's no sense of location anymore. But when we were on the road, you had this beautiful sense of outdoor Southern France, at least when they were in Southern France. And I would have settled for Northern France too, or middle France outdoors. And you do get a little bit of that on the way up there, but that that sense of place is kind of one of the the secret sauces of this ep- of this show. Okay, well, the- but they film in what is supposedly uh, Père Lachaise, but and they they film in supposedly the catacombs. I don't think they actually filmed in either of those places, and we can talk about that. I it didn't yeah, look dude. like that to me. Yeah. Um, I think that they may if they did film in the catacombs, that would have been a pretty insane. Um, That's a get. get. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm not sure if they did or maybe they were able to do just like one like passageway. Um, but I mean, look, they did find a whole movie theater in the catacombs at some point that somebody had just kind of created down there. So it isn't, you know, beyond uh, the, the realm of possibility that there's um, um, that there's a, um, a nightclub know, down there clubbed in there because it is like <laughs> massive. But uh, how many um, uh, t- theater of vampires uh, like La Teatro de, de, know, de Vampire were you having? I mean, especially yeah. since the second season of uh, Interview with the Vampire is going to feature that place. I was like, oh, this feels like a preview. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe AMC was just reusing the same set that they're going to use for that since they're both the same property. Hmm, possibly. possibly. Um, but um, but yeah. And I mean, the minute they they dove in with the with the doors cover, I was like, oh, they're totally going to do the Jim Morrison. Great. <laughs> I didn't some reference to that. Yeah. And I don't <laughs> think it is, though. I think it's a dummied up thing. Um, it looks like sort of like the grave, but like hmm. it's not. It's actually like kind of packed in there. And if you've ever been to that cemetery, everything is packed in so closely this might be i don't know where this does not look like it to me and i could be wrong i did try to find it um whether they'd actually film there um but they're pretty specific in that 
in that in that place um about filming so mm. and you know there's lots of cemeteries around paris so i'm imagining this may have been a, a smaller one or one outside um but everything in there is so packed together because it's you know it's it's got such a history and it's like you know after a time some of the mausoleums if they haven't been used they like basically kind of like take them out and then rebuild over them or like, but everything is packed together. And especially where Jim Morrison is, that's particularly like, that is like totally like crushed together. So yeah, there's stuff in front of it. That that shot that they have of them looking at it uh, from like 10, 20 feet away. I don't think that's possible in this graveyard. There's like another, there's another uh, large structure right in front of it or right Uh where his feet would be. Uh, But before we even get to that, that cover and the uh, entry into Paris, they do arrive in Angers, which um, is a bit of a throwaway thing to me, but go ahead. Yeah. Well, it's mostly there to, uh, to show the cracks in, in uh, Daryl and Isabel's relationship because he was never pro going to Angers. She was like, no, we can go there. There's a contact there. There's a radio there. Mm. I don't know what she was really hoping to get out of it. I don't think that the audience could ever really get on board with her because what was the point? And Daryl's saying the same thing. And so uh, us and the, and Daryl are all being like, what was the point of this? And in a way it felt like filler because they do just kind of ride into Angers. They go into this one building, they meet an insane guy and that was kind of entertaining, but also like, wow, this is dangerous. Um, What did you think of the, the symphony? Um, again, I just thought this was kind of a throwaway and this guy is like bananas. And I do like how Daryl's pretty swiftly like, okay, I didn't want to come here anyway. Let's go to Paris because that was the plan. And this seemed this seemed like it didn't work out. I I kind of like, you know, I gave in. I I let I let you kind of do this, but we're not wasting any more time. We're going to Paris. And that's kind of where he he is. Um, It just seems uncharitable of him, like almost a little uncharacteristic of him to be kind of cruel. Like this was a stupid waste of time. We're not well, doing I mean, things like this anymore. Well, I felt like that, that's like old school Daryl. I don't feel like he's that cruel. Usually. I think he's anxious. I think he just doesn't want to like waste time. Um, I also think this is a subtle like American versus French European thing where he's just like, you know, I I want to get my my goal and get done. And then, you know, she like her reasoning for not wanting to go to Paris, we know that there's stuff behind that probably related to Quinn um, even before we get there. But um, he just doesn't understand and says, this doesn't make sense. Why wouldn't we just go directly to Paris? This is like the long way around. And so he's anxious. And now, you know, look, he had the disappointment that the um, Père Jean's radio didn't work. Um, now this time the radio, this guy's like, bananas and there's nothing there and then okay let's go to paris where there is a thing where maybe there is some help there so i think where there's almost certainly a radio except yeah, he's actually oh for three in radios uh right now right and i think and I, what's he gonna do with a radio there are not transatlantic radio towers right now i don't know like is, what is the point I don't, this is what i don't understand unless there's something we're not we're not like keyed into this is just like, an extension of the walking dead's like lack of ability to understand the range of radio signals like with the walkie talkies let's just say that tape recorder that keeps popping up is the new walkie talkie of this and <laughs> in terms of my annoyance it's um, the new it's the new vhs tape from fear the walking dead it is it is it's like what the heck like dude you see a little bit of that where you know the this whole this whole you know sort of like 
these worlds colliding is going to is going to happen um and of course it's going to happen because of this random stupid message he left on this tape which again keeps just suspiciously getting found re- very easily so we know that um that the that Daryl is going to be like the new like he's being hunted and all that fun stuff um and then we also have um this uh this group of people this community um that again they very easily run into just so so uh so I don't want to say effortlessly um um and it's led by Balu um and so this is this is the place that I I do not like the storyline of Laurent and the idea that he's like a chosen one that he's he's definitely like well, a genius neither character. does Daryl. So once again the show is like audience you don't like this neither does Daryl. Yeah, it's kind a of. Dumb storyline. Daryl thinks it's dumb so it's dumb. It's um, just a weird it's like a it's like setting us up to be antagonistic or I don't know maybe I'm I'm putting too much but well, yeah, I'm I'm kind of there too. I'm like, what has this kid done to deserve the status? Nothing. Right, and and then they have him do these like little mysterious things, like oh, he knows that this woman needs comfort. Well, he could just be an incredibly empathetic kid, and that's just what he does. <laughs> but they're making, they're trying to make it like, mm-hmm. oh, he does have this, and Daryl's so wrong for like doubting this this thing about him, and it's like, and then they have him being kind of like you know, doing normal kid things too, which I think I wish they would do a little bit more of instead of making him this like sage. Um, but anyway, um, I do like the idea and we, we certainly find out um, a little bit more about Isabel's um, past and certain things that, you know, are made clear at least, which is, you know, she was definitely part of a drug dealing something or other. Um, and, like going back to the old apartment and doing the callback to the kid. I thought that was kind of cool. That was dumb. AJ. And I'll tell you why. Uh, we, I, I, was it surprising that we see Amy? No, because you show a kid we in episode two him. and she comes back as a zombie in episode three, but this kid turned into a zombie at least 10 years ago. There is oh, yeah. not going to be like, sure. uh, how many zombies have we seen who are completely desiccated? Now this kid looks like she just turned three days ago, maybe except for the fact that her feet are tangled up in vines and her, her clothing is still completely intact. She's she been outside. She She's been in the outdoors for All a right. decade plus. So there's no way I, I'm just like, what are you doing? Well, okay. I'm more like, okay, putting her in the place I liked. Um, I liked that it was like a callback and we knew that they were going to do that. The execution of it wasn't wasn't great, but um, I liked seeing sort of the the sort of the way that the apartment building was so overgrown and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so yeah, you're right. They could have definitely done a better job at at. I don't just, know what she would be like, just sort of like a ragged bit of bones, maybe yeah, just- like an arm flailing around on the floor. <laughs> that's, that's all that's left. Um, but yeah, having her be completely recognizable was was ridiculous to to me. And and people might think that's a nitpick or or you know a quibble, like a quibble about like oh, but time has passed. But yeah, it has. And and even the zombies break down over time. And we and the show has shown us that over and over again. So I, all I'm doing is following the logic of this franchise and if they can't follow their own logic then again i'm like what are the showrunners and the people who are like universe guiding um what's that dude's name 
I want to say his name is Tribble, but that's not his name. The guy who's who's the overlord of the of the franchise used to be the showrunner for Walking Dead. Are you talking about Scott Gimple? Gimple, not Tribble. Yeah, Scott Gimple. This is oh, his okay. job, right? He's there to be the continuity guy. Oh, that's what I thought. But maybe he's there to like help people write or just get a fat check because he's like an executive executive producer. Uh, yeah, I mean, if she's, I think she's even still wearing the same clothes, which we know. She's wearing exactly the same overalls. So uh, she died that day, probably, uh, that that Isabel drove out of town. But this show, I think, is having a bit of a challenge with the amount of time that has passed and the fact that they wanted to go back and do flashbacks with the same actors. Like, I mean, Daryl, if you did a flashback to season one of, of The Walking Dead and showed him in this episode, and there's one scene where he's like, bottom lit by a green light dude he's looking pretty norman reedus has aged that this happens if you showed me two pictures from 2010 and now yes i would look very different too but then you've got isabel who looks exactly the same so does quinn and so does amy even though she's been dead the whole time so i i do have a, a problem with that that said all of that negativity uh aside for the moment that was my main beef with this series of uh this apartment scene. I liked everything else. I thought the walkers coming out of the windows, we just saw that in dead city, but it was still a cool threat in this scene. The archeology span of the apartment just being like this kept thing and going in. I do, I do think it would have been a lot dirtier. Um, it was pretty dirty. There was tags on her walls. I, I don't, I did not go back and see if that was exactly the same apartment that they, they must, it must've been. Yeah, but uh, um, but, I but then the the way that they dealt with the brulant also in the in the courtyard I thought was pretty cool. That was fun, and then I do like that you know finally we get a little bit more about Quinn, um, and I like the fact that she is getting a photo for Laurent who has never seen his mother, but it's never come up that she's his aunt, which is weird. So it, now it's like implied. It is, but like, wouldn't he know? I don't know. Like, the, it's just sort of strange that she's. This is something she wouldn't. Maybe he does know. Maybe. Um, so anyway, they they go and and they're they're doing all this stuff to trade. Um, oh, and I forgot about one key part is that when they meet up with this whole group of people, they don't have a radio, but they do have like carrier pigeons or or you know messenger pigeons. Yeah. and you know who the pigeon master is? Yes, um, freaking French master character actor Dominic Pinon, and he is. Uh, um, and he yeah. is in Amelie and he's in all of those he's in uh, all the Jean-Pierre Genet films I think yeah. every single one City of Lost Children etc go on uh, Alien Alien 4 Al- yeah he's in everything um, he's in everything and, and he's incredible and it's very funny because they have the you know he's named his pigeon Zizou which is a is a um a French uh, footballer that everybody's very fond of. Um, but um, but I just love that he was in there. I got so excited to see him. But I love Daryl's reaction. He's like, you got pigeons? You know, <laughs> like, like that's what he's just doing. he's dismissive and kind of nasty. This whole episode is my yeah. is what I'm getting at. And it's like, well, you know, that's what we have. And honestly, that's like kind of more secure than some other things. And, you know, um, what's you know, this is this is just him being very cranky. In this entire episode, but I did love to see Dominique uh, Pignon in this. I thought he was just so exciting. I hope we see more, but I suspect not. Um, that might have been it. That might have uh, been. It. I mean, they're they're yeah, their camp is like over overrun by the end of the not by right. zombies, but by 
Garrier. So who knows if he even survived? There were bodies on the ground by the end of the episode. He, uh, he and wasn't we, visible amongst them. But. And so they, you know, this is the whole thing. And, and you know, it, Isabel said she'll help Daryl get, you know, what he needs. And that's how they all end up to get the trade from her apartment building. And that's how they end up in the catacombs with this sort of double super secret underground um, a group of people who really like um, you know, entertainment and there's like these shows and all of this stuff. And, um, and of course Quinn makes his appearance and, you know, I will say one of the things I do like about what they're doing, um, is that they're so Daryl, like the idea of things from his perspective, like they're not translating things like he feels very much like in the dark. However, I do like how he sort of can read a room still. And he knows that the guy that they're dealing with is not the guy in charge. Um, and he, so, he does this a couple times during these scenes because he does the same thing basically when Quint when when Quinn and Isabel start to negotiate. But yeah, the first time he's doing it without understanding anything anybody's saying, he's just seeing the guy mm-hmm. pawing at the bag of of uh, drugs and and uh, jewelry before they've even heard anything about a bateau or a boat. Like obviously, he's not following the conversation at all. I do like all of these scenes where he's in the dark, and when they first meet Falu. It's the same thing. But what happens there is Isabel says, this guy doesn't speak any French, only English. And so Falu just switches to English for the rest of the show, uh, which I do think is unrealistic. I feel like anything that he wants to say to Daryl, he would say in English. But when he, like when they're, he's just talking to Laurent, he's like, and you young man, we've been waiting to meet you for, I'm like, come on, let's just, just speak in French. Daryl can just suck it up. It, it seems a little too uh, too nice <laughs> to Daryl to be uh, to be speaking English all the time. At least the drug dealer or who, whatever it is, that black market guy does does not speak really any English. Um, and the uh, the insane guy in Angers basically doesn't speak English either. I loved that scene where he's like, "Yes, grass is green, blue uh, sky is blue. Where is Jeffrey? He is in the kitchen." Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was that was great, uh, but yeah, you're right. Daryl reading the room is doing doing uh, good work. It's like he's still being irritable and crabby, but at this point, he's doing it like kind of to defend his own endgame, but also to defend Isabel. He's kind of protective of her, and that gets them into their second argument of the episode. Yeah, um, and so it's interesting i will say that when you know quinn and isabel meet up it isn't you know there's definitely a lot of looks exchanged between them last time we saw she was leaving him she's taking her sister and then you know she's still in the dark like she talks about laurent and then he's like oh i should have known i had a child and i guess he assumes that uh her sister told her but i guess you know she was caught off guard by this um at first i thought he was implying that laurent was actually hers um but no and this was like interesting this stuff between them i do like how daryl's just like no this is a bunch of bs you know like this guy (laughs) is is just not this is too much i'm not dealing with this and he like to his credit he's just like no we're not and but it is a funny exchange between him because she's like i don't need your rescuing i was negotiating you know like it is a very funny thing between the two of them like she's like i don't need a um, she's not really being honest with herself, though. I no, feel like no. she's totally she's just been blindsided by Quinn to find yeah. out that he might be Laurent's father, whether or not it's true. Yeah. And I, it might not be, but it probably is because you called it and you don't you don't make bad calls. 
but yeah, she's she's looking like you know, like she just got smacked in the face by a brick, and and Daryl's just over on the side watching this all go down, and eventually it's like, nope, this guy's bad news. We're we're out of here. But yeah, she's like, I didn't I don't need a hero. But then like they make up kind of very quickly, or she she apologizes to him very quickly, even though he's like he's already packing his bags. And you know, in a way, I I get why he would do that. Daryl doesn't need groups. He has been alone wolf all the time. And he's been so crabby that that's like probably an accurate portrayal of how he would be around a group that he has really no no real ties to. Uh, even even if Laurent is attached to him. And then when they're having this conversation, this is where Laurent has his first, to me, uh, poorly written reaction. Most of the time they write for Laurent, they write him as this smart kid who's like telling Daryl about a De La Fontaine novel uh, or story. Um, and then and then like he and Daryl and Isabel are talking about Laurent and how he's telling her, you have to stop lying to him. Tell him who his father is. He needs to be able to have the truth for himself to figure out what what he's going to be. And he's not a messiah. Laurent overhears this or parts of it and says, I hate you both. And then like goes and hides. And then the Garriers show up. Everything is chaos. But I really don't understand the reaction from him upon like if you play if you listen to the conversation that Daryl and Isabel are having, there's nothing there that's like Laurent is a is a jerk he's a bad kid there's there's nothing to like piss him off i feel like well i mean and he doesn't really know all the stuff about him so that's what was confusing to me his reaction because he doesn't really know this stuff but maybe if this stuff was a surprise i'm not sure and like just even the idea that isabel has been lying to him but he already knows this like he figured this out in the last episode but maybe related to that stuff and not something about his mom and you know and he is feeling it because he's finally gotten to see a photo of his mom by the Eiffel Tower and there's any showing it to everybody um he has that conversation in English with the the uh lounge singer she never would have two French people having a conversation alone in English although she is uh actually I think she's like Russian or something like that um the actor anyway but um, maybe maybe she doesn't speak French um, but she seems to be, I don't know. Anyway, um, so yeah, that was a little confusing to me. Um, I again also with uh, the the new big bad uh Kudron and um you know uh the, you know the whole Guerriere like um the that storyline with the again the convenient tape recorder. Um we, you know, we get we get to revisit that graffiti from the first episode, Pouvoir de Vivant. Yep. Um, and Isabel breaks it down for Daryl about like how Janae runs the city and the people cl- uh, flock to her for security. And he says, kind of like the church, like he's just being a jerk still. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also, yeah, we do get that scene of Kadron a- arriving in Paris. Well, we assume it's in Paris um, at the mother house. He calls it the Maison Mail and goes and meets with Janae. To uh to talk about how he'll never stop seeking the American Daryl Dixon because he killed his brother, which is actually not true. Maribel killed his brother. Uh so okay. Uh, <laughs> as far as motivations go, it checks out, but it's also like, well, it's not true. <laughs> it's a little it's a little dissatisfying to me yeah. to, that he actually is after the wrong guy, but he's gonna do it with the passion of a thousand burning suns. Right. Um, um- and then, I mean, again, with with the little exchange with them, we d- we do see 
the pouvoir, uh, the the whole um, it sort of experimentation with the zombies, what they're doing. I guess they're probably weaponizing them. It's a little unclear what they're doing. Yeah, it feels like they are, but it's like how they're doing it is very unclear. They're they're yeah, jabbing it with a, a cattle prod maybe until I, it until it goes wild. Um, and so they, you know, we've got an experimentation thing going on, which, you know, I guess we aren't too shocked at. And then, so they were organized in this way, but they're a different faction from Quinn's faction and Quinn has some kind of an agreement with them, what he has agreed to, or why there is some kind of a sort of a pass for his club and everything else is a little unclear. Um, but, um, you know, he clearly runs some part of this underground thing um but again i guess i think we'll probably find out a little bit more about what the arrangement is um and but in the meantime daryl you know daryl's presence in this community is incredibly disruptive um laurent is like running away or whatever he's doing um and then but i will say despite the fact that daryl and isabel are fighting they still both are like you know let's go and he you know let's meet up in another place they're they are still united despite this uh friction that has happened between them well because um, garriers show up and there's clearly a bigger problem that they have right, on their doorstep and but laurence the you know they're like make sure laurence safe and do all this other stuff and then i will say you know of course of course kodron is going to stay alive but daryl like pretty much almost strangles him to death um, my my question is is that they're, why the wonderful sharpshooters on the roof didn't also like somehow accidentally hit him because their shots seem to be going wild. But, yeah, you know, the the, the firing line definitely would have hit Kodron too for sure. Yeah, they start shooting at him while they're like entwined. This is the second fight between Daryl and Kodron, and in both of them, it's felt very close. Like. You know, you remember when Daryl was fighting Beta, who was like massive. Hey, like it's like he seems like I don't like how they're. I don't know. Maybe he's weak from his transatlantic journey. Maybe, uh, maybe he's just old. Maybe. Um, I mean, he's aged, but maybe none of the French people have aged. Maybe. Did you did you not notice that scene where they're looking at the painting of the lilies in the yeah. underground club, and the lighting is just shining up on Daryl's face? Yep. And uh, yeah, it just he looked ancient in that yep. shot. He really did. Um, and then, you know, they also, that's like the other thing. They're in like the damp and whatever. And those kinds of paintings don't do so well there. Like the fact that it's oh, still yeah. there. Um, I did like the call out. I think that the some like in their little like uh, little encampment, that whole thing of the last. I think that's like the last judgment behind him. Maybe it's not. I have to go back and look. But like. Or a copy of it, you know, it looks like somebody did a big mural of it. Um, maybe it's something else, but um very, very French, um, sort of a hideout, um, with the the water lilies and I mean, man, if I, I like water lilies and all, but Musée d'Orsay has so many amazing pieces of art that are better than <laughs> so it's kind of funny that that's <laughs> maybe those are the only ones they could get. Or they were all at the Met. Uh, they are maybe right now, <laughs> um, but maybe yeah. it's also because they wanted to do something that was probably familiar to more American audiences, which is possible too. Um, so, um, anyway, uh, that's the that's the sort of I, I I liked parts of this. I didn't think that it was quite as well thought out as other things. Um, I guess maybe they're going to use this to set the table for the next episode but i'm not i mean we've got we've got you know laurent's 
sort of on the run or whatever. Isabel's looking for him. Daryl's running from this group of people and has now fallen through the roof. I'm guessing he's going to fight his way out of zombies or something. Well, yeah, I you know the the I didn't watch all of the coming next, but he's clearly reunited with Isabel in the next episode. So. Um, I guess I'm wondering when we're going to see a little bit more. I mean, we've seen the sort of acid zombies, so they've definitely shown us that. The thing that we saw in that whole like that whole trailer in the the French lab, like you know, at the end of the yeah, the super strong lab, ones. Yeah, like we haven't seen that, and I'm wondering when those are going to make an appearance. Um, and so maybe it's it's soon, but like so far we haven't seen as much of that, and so. I'm curious when that's going to happen. Um, I agree with you, like the sort of general, other than the little acid zombie and how they used him to get rid of, to sort of like melt through the vines and the experimentation we saw, we haven't really seen much more, like everything seems kind of normal Walker at this point. Well, so at least there's more than there was in dead city. So it's still considering the, you know, the shift that they were w looking to make. This is closer to what I was expecting it to be like. Yeah, but also, Paris, I mean, Paris, the the population, while it's a lot, it, this is the thing, it's smaller than New York, but we've seen a lot more walkers here than in, than we were in some of the dead city things. So I wonder I wonder how it's going to be if there's like zones in Paris that they're trying to to focus on. Maybe we'll see more in the next episode, but um, well, it, it still seems very, it still seems very light on the walkers considering that it's a city with a population um, a pretty dense population. So, yeah, uh, that's true. I, I do have one uh, potential prediction to make, which is that Quinn did not dime out Daryl. This is my prediction. Even though things went really badly in their negotiation, I think it was his girlfriend, the lounge singer, who dimed them yeah, out. Yeah, I definitely think so because she's jealous of whatever's happening there, and she clearly. So he's gonna he's gonna try and bail Isabel out again, even well, though he's I like a borderline bad guy. Well, I think it's clear. And this was one thing that I did like. I loved how they I love these actors. I think it's a great cast. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the energy between Quinn and Isabel is perfect. I mean, he's shocked that she's become a nun, but there's definitely a I knew you back when and I knew you, and she's uncomfortable with that. And she's also uncomfortable with Daryl knowing. I mean, we find out that it was a suicide attempt that he like the scars on her wrists and that he brought her to the hospital. She's not very excited that Daryl knows this. And that's a little bit of a reaction, but he still is clearly like it, it, considering the fact that she ditched him, he still seems mildly obsessed with her. And I think that the lounge singer wants to know who they are and is jealous. So maybe I, I would agree with you. I think she, she definitely is the one who uh, sold them out. And I also think that Quinn, despite all this, I mean, he keeps looking at Laurent. He's definitely impacted by the fact that this is his kid, despite the fact that he was going to like dump, you know, he knew that this was his kid. Like, yeah, he was still going to like, just let, let them fend for themselves. Maybe because of his relationship with Isabel, he's like, Oh, it was a mistake. And now he's all like, Oh, I needed to know I was a dad. It's like, how would she have told you you were dead? She thought you were dead. She ditched you, man. Like, I don't know. I thought that was kind of an incongruous thing, but that is, that is, you're right. But I do think you're right that it is motivating him. And I don't think he would have sold out anybody knowing that it could put Isabel and Laurent in dangerous, in danger. I don't think he cares at all about Daryl, but I, but given his sort of like proximity to them, I don't think he would have done that. Yeah. No, that's, that's fair. Uh, well, we'll, we'll continue to see how things go in uh, Paris, mm -hmm. which will always be Paris. 
um, in the next episode. The next episode, it's going to be called La Dame de Fer, the Iron Lady. Ooh. Um, so that might be a reference to Janae. We might get to know her a little better. Yeah, and find out a little bit more about her. Um, but anyway, um, I am I'm still enjoying it. I want to see a little bit more. Um, and similar, like, look, similar to to like this is like what we have been talking about in terms of character and what we know of characters and things like that. Um, I I agree with you that I think they're making Daryl a little bit too like ornery and his reactions aren't sort of what I think they would actually be. Um, so I think they either have to explain that or like, I guess maybe they're just trying to have it be this source of conflict or this is just the way he is. But, um, I don't know. I, I hope that they're sort of going to explain something or there's some kind of a moment, um, where he sort of puts that behavior to rest. Um, I, I like sort of back to the, the, the whole messenger pigeon thing. I kind of think Daryl would think that was like annoyed that it takes a while, but I still think he would think that was cool. Like, I don't think he would be so dismissive of it. Um, Well, yeah, he's, he's definitely a crabbier version of of himself. And like this drive to return to the U S feels like he was always kind of an aimless wanderer in a way. Like he had a mission and it was, you know, previously it was to search every inch of the riverbank where Rick disappeared. Mm. But uh, yeah, like his his mission right now is just to like wander the earth until he finds them in theory. So you could do that in France. <laughs> I don't know. Like, what's the hurry? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it, it does feel a little bit odd, but it's so uh, you know, and a little extra drama for him and Isabel to to navigate. Uh, what do we think? Is she gonna stay a nun, or is she gonna be like, oh, Terrell? I don't know. I think it's hard to determine. I mean, obviously, they're trying to ship them to some extent, though. So far, it does not feel it's not there's it doesn't I'm not feel feeling like... much of a vibe. Yeah, no. Um, And I'm not even feeling that from him, you know, Certainly and... not as much as with him and Lauren Ridloff. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, like that was something anyway. So so I guess we'll have to wait and see about that. Um. I do think that there is something between them in a mutual respect category or something um, where the sort of the the re- the revelation of her past and things like that. And I will say I did like how Daryl said to her, look, that stuff, everybody's got that. It's not a big deal. Like he's not judging her on that at all. What he is judging her on is the dishonesty that she continues to have or the story she continues to tell Laurent, which he thinks are like much more damaging and you know Daryl doesn't have a tolerance for dishonesty um we see that in you know the original series he gets very frustrated with it he gets very like um angry about it and he's got a right to be because every time like somebody kind of like um sort of I don't want to say betrays him but betrays him in this specific way it is just absolutely um devastating to him and the one thing i can think about is like with carol and um you know like connie and the fact that he you know that carol's the one who was responsible for for connie basically being like sort of sucked into this tomb of of zombies and things like that um and daryl and and carol eventually make up like they've got like a deep um friendship 
and relationship, but he was damaged by that. And he just can't like, and when he sees this happening and, you know, and I think also he cares about kids too. And he's seen it with, with the other kids that he is associated with and people trying to protect them. And he's like, you can't protect them. This is the world we're in. And this Mm -hmm. also comes from his own upbringing. I mean, this is somebody who had cigarettes put out on him and was horribly abused, um, both him and his brother. Um, And, you know, I think that that is why he has such a soft spot for kids is that even though he does care about them, he also was self-reliant and resilient. And I think he sees the same thing in them and he doesn't have a tolerance for adults who treat them otherwise. So that's going to be kind of interesting to see what happens. Um, And I wonder if we're going to have, I'm sure we see another conversation between him and Laurent um, potentially about some of these issues. So yeah, assuming Laurent, I mean, Laurent is almost certainly going to run away to the Eiffel Tower. That might be where he's gone already. Of course he is. Kind of a bummer. How many times has he brought it up? Yeah, just a few hundred. Um, and I don't know. Okay, I, I can't think of every instance where Daryl has reacted negatively to uh, someone telling a, an, uh, a, an, an untruth. But certainly the the Carol and Connie was mostly because Carol was making terrible decisions. Not so much that she was lying, but she was just so obsessed with, with Alpha that she was making terrible choices. And I think that was why he was mad at her then. She wasn't sharing it with him. She was kind of going off and doing these things and not looping him in. And then, you know, things happened. And then um, during the Savior War, and this could I could definitely just put down to episode season seven or whatever season it was, where him and Rick, they've just had a big shootout with Saviors. At the end of the shootout, he's like, yeah, put down your weapons and we, you know, you'll be fine. And the guy's like, oh, okay. And then Daryl shoots him. Uh, so not, I mean, again, like... <laughs> The writing was not consistent uh, in those middle seasons either, but uh, he's definitely had as a character his own uh, forays into. Oh, and then, you know, he had this this whole tryst with his uh, his lady friend, and it turns out she's part of this whole crazy faction. And he's like, OK, like that's not going to fly. You know what I he mean? He gave her so many chances, though. Did, H-A. I don't like just being dishonest or or like, I don't know that that's necessarily the thing that, that sets him off. But I, I think he is definitely like protective of children, obviously. Like you said, I think that's definitely in there. And I think, you know, as a guy who has abandoned his adoptive daughter, Judith, to come on this fool's mission, fool's errand, it's a little rich of him to be like, be a better parent to Isabel. <laughs> like, at least she's with Laurent and she hasn't left him alone, uh, which which Daryl has done repeatedly to RJ and Judith, who have also been abandoned in turn by both of their parents. Um, although Laurie didn't necessarily abandon Judith so much as get eaten uh, near her. Um, after after her being delivered by her brother, Carl. Either way, don't need to go all the way back to season three, but I did. Uh, dishonesty, it's bad, kids. Don't do it. Uh, or Daryl might get mad at you. Also, he's probably not a good babysitter. Probably not. I'm trying to remember, because there was also the whole thing between him and Rick about, like... He was driving Rick away from the meeting that he was supposed to be going to, right? Or uh, that, he basically was one of the people, along with Maggie, who were directly responsible for Rick's quote-unquote death, which is sure. why he was so obsessed with finding his body on the river or finding him on the river. Uh, he betrayed him. And they had that fight in the in the hole. Yeah. Was that the thing you were thinking of? 
Yeah, that's the thing I was thinking of. Um, so yeah. Anyway, uh, more to come, and <laughs> uh, I'm curious to see what happens. I'm sure we'll see some Eiffel Tower action here. Oh yeah, almost um, 100% guarantee some right some Eiffel Tower action, and maybe the top will fall off even more. Was it kind of like hanging by a thread? Yeah, that's what it kind of looked like. That like the the top of it was sort of bent down, which I you know hey that's kind of a to at least make it different looking i think that that was or that time it passed i think that was probably a good idea so, so. We'll, see. we'll see about that but Let's now, wrap, oh, now they can only, but now they can only you know because they can probably film down at the bottom and now they can just like do that without showing the full I don't they're know. not even going to film at the they're not even filming in paris i'll bet you so, uh, well, they're in paris but i don't know that how you get that kind of permit like that's got to be hard um that oh, area did take place in paris mother of pearl there you go Look at that. There you go. Uh, anyway, um, but more more to come next time. Let's see what happens, and maybe we'll maybe we'll get a little bit more satisfied with how the story is going. Um, yeah, this was just this had good moments. It just had uh, some some things. Amy specifically that I didn't like, and nor, uh, some of Daryl's irascibility are hitting me in the wrong in the wrong way. But it's still it's still a solid show. It's just that now we're halfway through this first season. And so I feel like it needs to, it needs to, we'll pull back some of that energy from episode two, which was super good. Kind of want more nuns. I, want, I don't know. I want more walkers in the subway train kind of action. Yeah. We need some more of that. Yeah. Um, but let's, let's wait and see. Uh, the Lady of Iron is coming up next and we'll, uh, we'll be back to talk about that with you. And you can let us know how you're feeling about uh, Norman Reedus's stoic performance or Laurent's strange outbursts uh, by emailing us at reanimatedpodcast at gmail.com. And you can uh, re- listen back on any of our episodes uh, that are online at reanimated.podbean.com. And I hope you do. I do too. And until next time, uh, I think uh, salut or ciao or whatever we were going to say. <laughs> Toodaloo. Bye. <laughs>